When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Going in with confidence and believing in your guys. Uh, just ready to work. You know, as far as the chips will fall where they lay. But right now, just putting the time in and really... You know, leading the young guys and, you know, leading by example more than anything and just putting the time in right now. So that's my main focus at this point. That is Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Stephon Diggs, Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin here on Score North. An exciting day because we are not out at practice for the first time in, what, seven straight days we were out there? We, uh, and I think that we have officially beat the heat I was looking at uh, the temperatures going forward, and I don't see any 90s out there for our next section of training camp. And as much as I like when it's really hot out, um, whatever the temperature... Yes, I do. I love summer. I love when it's 90 degrees. But whatever the temperature is, it's like 10 degrees hotter out on that practice field where we stand. Well, where we stand is on turf. That's what people listening don't know. It's not... There's two gigantic 220,000 square yards of Kentucky bluegrass. They're pretty grass. They flew in from, it's actually harvested in Colorado and brought all the way to Egan. And then there's one long strip that goes the entire length of the fields in between it that we have to stand on that is turf. And those who don't know, turf contains heat. It's not real grass. There's rubber bits in it. Meaning it is hot to stand on and it will melt your shoes. It's very, it's very hot. And then the other very first world problems that we're complaining it, about. It is right the now. other area where we could stand is just blacktop, which is also extremely hot. So when it's eighty five degrees, then it's more like for us ninety plus. Mm-hmm. And when it's ninety plus, it feels like it's a hundred, and we bake out there. So that was like the last week. Yeah. So I have to spend fifteen minutes slathering on the uh, sunscreen to protect my porcelain beautiful skin. And um, you know, I still I'm still melting out there. So, I anyway. I haven't worn sunscreen yet. Really? I know. Why? Are Be- you crazy? Are you Mike Zimmer? I've got the bucket hat, and the bucket hat mm, has done a good job no, at keeping the sun off enough. my neck. But I will probably end up putting it on tomorrow because the sun just zaps you. The heat zaps your energy, and I always find it funny when there's like these team day offs in uh, training camp. This is not a day off for us whatsoever. I feel like this will be a longer day for me today, just trying to gear up on content, trying to get ahead on stuff. Like, you know, players on their day offs, it's not a day off for them, really. It's recovery. It's Pilates, cupping, acupuncture, tape. tape grinding. I mean, this is our recovery day, which actually is a... True work day. Uh, yeah, I have an article all ready to go that I wrote this morning. So we have uh, been sacrificing our poor selves out in the sun. I'm just kidding. It's been uh, a lot of fun getting going in training camp, even if we don't have some big, hot, sexy story that has put the Vikings on the front page of ESPN. Someone was asking me about that yesterday, Courtney, about what even is the top storyline right now from training camp. And my comment back was, I, I think that if you're a Vikings fan, you're probably thrilled that your team does not end up at the center of ESPN because if you do, that means something bad is either going on or has happened to you like a player holding out. Um, Ezekiel Elliott ends up being the top storyline. And so far with this 
uh, Vikings start to training camp. There's no major injury, and there's no player holding out, and there's, there's no contract expected to be you know done or finalized here. Like last year at this time, we had Stephon Diggs. We were waiting yep. for the shoe to drop on that one. I believe it was July 31st, and the bar thing was going. And the on. bar thing was going on. That was. I was thinking about this because that was. I want to say either ahead of the first. Like the the nighttime scrimmage, or what what we're referring to is when Mike Zimmer came out and squashed rumors that Anthony Barr was going to be traded, even though those rumors were fake news to begin with. Supposed rumors. Um, supposed rumors. He said he was unequivocally not going to be traded. Um, so there was that craziness. Uh, you know what Time Hop is? The app. Yeah, yeah. So it, it shows you what you, what tweeted, you tweeted like a year, year ago, ago or yeah. what I had on Facebook ten years ago today. And there was one thing, I guess I must have tweeted this a year ago today. I'd be like, we're not even like eight days into camp. What else is next? What else is next? Because oh, it was and, just like uh, a barrage of things at the start. A and, lot. You know, if, you, if you're another team, if you're looking around the league right now, be thankful you're not Miami. They just fired their offensive line coach. They have four positions on the O-line, aside from left tackle, that still have yet to be decided. Josh Rosen is allegedly not further along than Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. So you don't even know. I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan, you know that this year is probably not going to reach your expectations, what you think the franchise could be. But there's a lot of chaos there. There's a lot of chaos with the Cowboys. Um who else? I mean, the Chiefs still have some chaos going Washington, on down there. Washington. Their left tackle is um, not playing. So That's interesting, too. I want to bring up a point with you about that and uh, with Donald Penn and just even like what the Cowboys are doing right now. They brought Alfred Morrison, um, you know, with Zeke Elliott going to Cabo San Lucas to do his workouts. I, too. I considered that myself. That's, that's where I actually I was going to do my summer, um, you know, get in shape. Like, I'm just going to go to Cabo. Actually, I would go drink margaritas on the beach, which I hope he's not doing. Mm. Um I mean, great location, though. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, this is this is pretty much this whole offseason, though. You think about it. Yeah, free agency, bringing back Anthony Barr, retaining Everson Griffin, getting Kyle Rudolph's contract thing worked out right before the end of minicamp. Um, all those things were big stories for this franchise. But relatively speaking, they've been out of the national picture for quite some time. Um, I think in the NFC North, they certainly, because they are the favorites to win the division by most betting sites and by most... Uh, odds from Vegas and just even just the perception of how good this roster is. But really, big picture wise, they're not any of the top 10 teams that have just news around them 24 7. And I guess if you're a Vikings fan, that might be a little boring at this time of year. I know some people like chaos and like to have their team in the news all the time. But as a writer, as someone who covers this team, it's a blessing because holdouts are not fun to cover. Trades are chaotic, and you're on the phone trying to confirm news and just figure this whole thing out. That stuff is just be happy it's not happening right now, and be happy with the state of your roster because the fact that there have been no injuries in camp so far. When I think just a few minutes ago the Seahawks' first round pick just got carted off the field, I believe. Um, you know, just it's it's a blessing really with this team right now. They've been relatively quiet. So, um, yeah, I think if you're a Vikings fan at this time of the year, you would far prefer that you only hear about this um, Vikings training camp in sort of the, oh, someone wrote a feature about a player I've never heard of. Let me read it. Yeah. Or, oh, look, the Vikings are using this schematic thing. Or, you know, I think you'd be much rather reading about that to get you excited about football than, oh, a devastating injury. <laughs> Or even uh, look at this massive change they had to make because uh, there was some problem, like the offensive line coach getting fired or this player being held out. At this time of year, if you're in the news cycle a lot, there's something going wrong, like with Cincinnati and A.J. Green. But does that mean that the Minnesota Vikings are not interesting? No. I think that this is... Look at the look at the makeup of this roster. And what I was just saying, we're, now is still prediction season. We're still getting... Everybody, every magazine, ESPN.com, the whole thing, they're putting out there, you know, what does the outlook of the season look like? I think everybody still thinks that this team is at minimum 10 and 6, just given the schedule, the way it's laid out, who all they bring back. They should win the NFC North, you, just based on what we know. But there's also the caveat that. There just hasn't been a whole ton of change yet, so we're trying to figure out is how much better is this team from last year? 
in what areas. And we just can't tell yet. I can't tell you if Kirk Cousins is going to be better on third and long situations. I can't tell you how the red zone offense is going to look like. I can't tell you if this defense can get back to where it was in 2017 or at least not have the first four weeks of the season play out the way it did last year. I can't tell you any of that stuff yet. Are we going to be able to tell you through four preseason games? Probably a little bit more. But even still, I just tend to think that this Vikings team is going to be one that we're not really thrusting into the national narrative until the season starts and we see just really where they were last year and how they picked up from it. Okay, that does bring me to something else that I wanted to ask you just about um, the level of intrigue with this team but um, and how we're uh, assessing whether the front office did its job. And, and I want to get there eventually because the Wild just fired their GM. But if we were ranking right now teams in terms of interest and intrigue for the regular season 2019, where did the Vikings end up on this list in the NFL? I mean, how many teams can we say are decidedly when we get there? Because right now, we are at the bottom. We're in the bottom third. We're talking about backup three techniques. <laughs> I mean, I mean right? that's what I want to talk right? about, though. And yeah. I know that's what you want to talk about, too. Yes, I understand that we <laughs> we would prefer to be talking about, oh, is it going to be Jalen Holmes or Hercules Mata'afa? We would rather be there because that's more fun for us than just... Uh, although, I mean, I love trades. So if there was a trade. But if someone got hurt... Um, that kind of shuffles things around and makes it interesting to talk about. But that's not what Vikings fans want to happen. So we get into those sort of position battles and everything else that's down the rabbit hole. This is a team that would be fine not being super interesting during training camp because I think they are one of the more interesting teams when it comes to the entire 2019 season because of the number of dominoes that can fall from all the different outcomes, and even we could talk about dominoes that can fall in early season outcomes. You had mentioned this earlier this offseason, that you know if they don't get off to a great start, if it's one in three or something, then does something have to happen at that point? Um, if they get off to a great start of three and one or four and oh, then are they the team that's back at the top of the list that everyone's talking about for Super Bowl? And I could easily see both of those things happening to this team. So that, to me, makes them one of the more interesting uh, teams and also then the dominoes for the future is Kirk Cousins going to stay is Mike Zimmer going to be here is Rick Spielman going to be here and on and on and on I'm wondering who you think is more interesting for the regular season than the Vikings around the entire NFL like how many teams would have a decided case that they're easily more interesting than the Vikings a couple you want me to name them Yes. I'll stay in the division first. I think the Bears are going to be one of the most interesting storylines to follow this year because it seems nationally everybody's written them off, thinking the defense is going to regress so much, which I still don't understand, when most of your personnel is still there. You changed a corner and a safety, and you got rid of your defensive coordinator because he became a head coach. You have Chuck Pagano taking over the reins of defensive coordinator. I think they're going to be okay, but that team that was right there last year and was a field goal away from going to the divisional round, I still, there's so much left meat left on the bone there that we just don't, that it was just kind of this is mystery of how good this Bears team could have been last year had it not been for special teams. So they're probably up there for me. Chiefs for sure. Yeah, um, I totally agree. On I Chiefs. think that you have Tyreek Hill not back now uh, going into the season. It wasn't like a decision that came down week four of the preseason. It still would have even been fine. But now you're a clear cut Super Bowl favorite, without a doubt. So. That's one that I'll look at. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think San Francisco's one. Cause, I agree. Because is the clock ticking on Kyle Shanahan? If if they can't get it turned around in, in his third season, or at least better than where they were last year, there's probably only really like a handful of teams because it's always going to be injury news, off-the-field player stuff, coaching changes, firings, all this stuff, and trades. That's the chaos that makes the needle move in the NFL. And there are some teams more than others that deal with that stuff, what feels like a regular basis. But if we're talking about the 2019 regular season as opposed to kind of what we're dealing with now, um, Cleveland would be the team that oh, for I would sure. put way up I forgot the about them. Yeah, just because, you know, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, they've pretty much taken up all the headlines. But I think that the sneaky, really interesting team that I am kind of fascinated by going into the season, not right now, um, is actually the New England Patriots. Because 
Tom Brady for years has been talked about as when is he going to lose it? When is he going to fade a little bit? And then he just goes and makes the Super Bowl every single time. But he has always had Rob Gronkowski there. And not having Rob Gronkowski plus the age that Tom Brady is at right now. I mean, we are definitely reaching the like, okay, he's got to be in the red by now, right? Just about to blow up like Peyton Manning eventually did and still found a way to win a Super Bowl and was good at the end. But I mean... Manning uh, fell off the face of the earth, and some guys have retired before they fell off the face of the earth, like John Elway, instead of um, just being very poor, but maybe Brett Favre played for one year too long, and and it does not end on good terms, right? So where are we with Tom Brady not having his best weapon in Rob Gronkowski, and how much longer can they be as great as they've been? I mean, there's no one in the AFC East that seems to be coming for them. So maybe it's just, okay, they're automatically in the playoffs just by being them and having Tom Brady. But could there be that sort of sneaky, well, you know, maybe this year they're 9-7 and seven instead of 10-6, and six, and we're looking at a completely different Tom Brady, and maybe that defense does miss Trey Flowers for the first time. It seems like they let everybody go, and they're usually fine. Or maybe they get some injuries. I don't know. I mean, I I, I guess with New England, they've always been one of the least interesting teams to me because you know you they're going to be there. You know that they're going to be there. Right. And now I think there's a reason to at least ask, are they going to be there? I think that's fair. I think we always write them off kind of as, like, all right, just put them in this category. They'll be fine. Whatever adversity hits that team, injuries, firing, uh, bad play. I mean, suspensions. Suspensions. And Remember, so forth. Few, was it two years ago, and they lose that game to the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, and everybody just melted yep. down. Yep. Um, that type of thing. I mean, everything's fine. Everything ends up being fine with them. I'm curious about the teams where everything's not going to be fine, where they're an injury away from blowing themselves out of contention. Um, another team I'm curious about. I'll go to the AFC. Where would you put the Houston Texans? I've got they, them. I've got are, them high. Yeah. I think that I would probably put them a little higher than the Vikings right now, just in terms of 2019 season, where just their storyline from last year, starting out, what, 0-4? Or they lose their first six games? No, no they lost what, the first yeah, four games. Yeah, they started they finished out 11, slow. There's yeah. 11 and 5. So, and then they had that turnaround where they get to the AFC wildcard game and they lay an egg against Indianapolis. But the level of intrigue with that team and just Deshaun Watson and this next step of what tier of quarterback he works his way into and how good their defense is, um, that's one that I think is really intriguing because they, they, to me, are one of those dark horse teams that has a good number of superstar talents. It's just putting it all together. And, you know, depending upon when Jadavian Clowney comes back, you know, you assume it's for their week one. They'll he'll show up before the regular season, but you just don't know right now. So, don't you think that any team that has quarterback intrigue has to be ahead of the Vikings because there really isn't quarterback intrigue with the Vikings? I think there kind of is, though. I feel like there's Kubiak and offense intrigue, but that no. Kirk Cousins is going to be Kirk Cousins. I, so we I think know what he is. That's true. You and I know that, but I still think there are believers out there thinking, okay, they say paid $84 million for him. He's going to finally, quote-unquote, whatever turn it around means in year two. Um, I think that there's intrigue from some people out there wondering if they're going to see a different quarterback. And I don't, I mean, I know where I stand on that side of the argument. I know where you stand on that side of the argument. But I think that intrigue-wise, and just the narrative that's being driven about this offense, he's at the center of it. Dalvin Cook is probably like 1B at that point, and then the two receivers are behind that. But Kirk is very much, in my opinion, mm. in the quarterback intrigue just because I think there's still people who believe that he has this quote-unquote next level that's internal, and it's it's more of just like a tangible thing with him, or intangible thing with him than scheming around him and everything else. I still think that there are people, whether you want to call them apologists, whether you want to call them believers, whatever the word is, that think that there is that next level for Kirk Cousins and want to throw him in that conversation and be like, okay, he deserves to be in the top 15, top 10 of quarterbacks. I don't know, though. I don't know. I, I know where I stand on it. I don't buy that storyline, but I do think there is intrigue there. See, he's been amazingly consistent over the years as a starter, whether you start with his win-loss record, 
Nine wins, eight wins, seven wins, eight wins, or his quarterback rating. The highest is 101. The lowest is 94. So that's right in the, the same range. Touchdowns, he's been between 25 and 30. Interceptions between um, 10 and 13. It's, I mean, it's truly it's consistent, amazing. But and, you still have a part of this fan base that's wondering why they spent this much money on him. And look, I get it. You want answers. You, you want to believe the hype in a way. Which is why he's still kind of this misnomer over here. We're just wondering what's going on. We'll know very quickly into the 2019 season. Will we? Because last year, after four games or something, he had 105 quarterback rating, and we thought that, wow, he really needed John Filippo in his life, and I guess this is all that he needed. Well, and then he we also saw, after that. And we saw what the defense, what happened to the defense early on last year, which I think swung the pendulum the other way for Kirk Cousins. So I guess it's going to depend on how they're winning games, These, if you want to say the first quarter of the season, where their schedule isn't that difficult. Um, sure, maybe. But I still think that there's, not na- maybe not nationally speaking, but let's look at the divisions. The NFC North, by and large, is one of the best quarterback divisions, I think you can argue, in the NFL. I know there are people going to be like, oh, you can't do not put Mitch Trubisky in that category, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford. Let's just go with those three. Mm, I don't know That's, what the best one is. I get that question all the time. Like we we talk about that on national radio. We talk about it, you know, amongst NFL circles. And I'm not going to say that it is the best one, but it is one of them. And I think that that's why there's intrigue regardless. It's got to be the South, right? I mean, it's got to be Cam, the Matt, NFC Ryan, South. And sure. Breeze. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, but in terms of why they're still relevant and why Kirk Cousins is still relevant in that picture, I think, is because of the division he plays in and the other quarterbacks in that division. Well, so here's the thing with the Kirk Cousins point about being the same guy. It's the same guy doesn't have to win nine games or seven games. This same exact quarterback, if he plays the same exact way, can win more than nine games. So I think these are just like two different points. Because the interest on Kirk Cousins is really surrounding of whether he can actually get a team into the playoffs and win a playoff game. And I think he could still be exactly who he is and has always been as a starter from ages 27 to 30 where you are not changing. You're not becoming better at age 31 than you were at 28 when you're in your prime. It's very unlikely that that's going to happen. But... It's so the intrigue of Cousins is really of the rest of the team and whether everything can go right and they can do their jobs, right? I mean, because he, when you look at every single metric, even the pro football focused numbers that break down all of his throws and the situational stuff, I mean, it's just consistent right across the board. So why would I expect that to change? I mean, maybe you get different tweaks here or there because of the system, but the mistakes will still happen the way they always have. The what were you doing type of moments are still going to happen the way they always had, uh, even if he has more clean pockets than before. But that's that's really the thing, right, is that if you can block for him and give him a few more clean pockets, he'll still be him, but he'll have a few more clean pockets where he has success. And he'll look better. He'll look better by and large. And if you get a few big plays from Delvin Cook, then your team will score more points. And if you get better kicking, then you're going to score more points. And if you play as the number one defense as opposed to number four... Or, or wherever it might be. So that that's kind of the way that I'm going into this season is there's a lot of talk, and I've written about it, and you've written about it, of system and next level and everything else for Cousins. But I think the reason I'm not super intrigued by him as a quarterback is that I know what I have, and I know what the difference is going to be between whether he gets there or not. I'm not either. Just to be clear about that, I have no intrigue whatsoever. That's not my top storyline for the season. But I think when you're te- when you're asking this fan base, and honestly, we'd love to hear from you guys about this six five one six four six eight two five five. Where's your level of intrigue with Kirk Cousins going into this season? Are you focused on him, as Matthew said? Are you more focused on Gary Kubiak? What the scheme's going to look like? What Dalvin Cook's going to contribute to this offense? How the defense could potentially be bailing this team out of games? I still think that there are people expecting a different guy. Maybe that's not the right take. I don't. I certainly don't think it's the most educated take to have. But there are people who think that. I mean, look at your mentions. Look at my mentions. Look at last Friday when when you and I were laughing about what people were saying about next level in the article that I wrote, mm-hmm. and people saying that we just are so negative about Cousins. There are people out there who think he's a really good quarterback. People who would probably put him in top ten right now, and he doesn't deserve to be there. But those are the people I'm talking about that still believe, and that's a big part of this fan base. I think. 
there's the part that seems to align where you and I fall, but then there's another part thinking that it's never been his fault and that everything is hunky-dory at this moment. It's just about him being able to somehow become a different guy. I guess we'll see when that narrative falls off and when people you know, either continue on with it or decide to go somewhere else. Um, I think I came up with the best answer for when we are called um, negative negative or Kirk Cousins haters, which sometimes happens, <laughs> which I, I always think, boy, we're on here two hours a day. I think we've talked about literally every angle with Kirk Cousins that is in existence and played it all out and talked about every everything that he does in depth. But I guess if you come away with haters, that's all right. But I never knew how to really respond to that. I never knew like what to say to it. Like, well... Uh, that's not really true at all. And we kind of recover the team and everything else, but I've got it. I've, I've come up with it. The answer is we're going to tell you everything we know on the show, and then you can figure out how you feel about it. That's fair. <laughs> that's I right. believe that that's like, journalism. We spent, we spend all day with this and we go out there. I mean, it's, and it is our job and, after right. all. I do collect a check for this. So, uh, then, you know, you could figure out how you feel about it after we present you with the information. You know, when the executives tell Mike Sando that the same things we've been telling you for, I don't know, like a year and a half now are the same things that they see at the highest level, then you could say, Thanks for telling me, Courtney. Um, anyway, so uh, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come right back. We'll take your phone calls on the issue that uh, you mentioned about expectations for Kirk. If you actually think there is a next level or if the, he is going to be any different. Or just how excited you are about that storyline and where that storyline falls. Because there are, as you said, yeah, you can name the 10 quarterbacks that are more intriguing than Kirk. But I still think that he is in the mix there somewhere. All right. We'll discuss that when we return. And then also... Um, hot routes at three as always, yes. and Some good ones today. The other, the other thing too that I throw out there on Twitter is, all right, what what do we need to see from the team in these practices leading up to the uh, start of preseason? Because this is where they start to get really competitive. The pads are on. Everybody's coming out hot, uh, trying to earn their spots for the first preseason game over the next week. So we will discuss that as well. You are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Join Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Rami Makhlouf, Judd Zulgad, and former Minnesota twin Glenn Perkins for a special recording of the Score North Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on Baseball, Tuesday, August 6th, beginning at 5 p.m. from Modest Brewing Company in Minneapolis. All attendees will receive one complimentary beer courtesy of Modest Brewing Company with prize giveaways throughout the night. This event is free, but but you must register to attend. Register right now at scorenorth.com slash Glenn. Thank you, Jonathan. Purple Daily here on Score North. Courtney Cronin, Matthew Collar. Before the break, we were talking about teams that you don't want to be right now. I know the Vikings aren't the sexiest preseason team, but hey, at least you're not the New York Giants. At least you haven't lost all of your receivers to injuries or possible suspensions. Um, Those fertility drugs will get yeah, you. Yeah, man. That's that's sad. You've been in the league this long and you don't ask anyone if you're going to take something? Yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, on one one part of it, I, I do I feel for Golden Tate and all of that because it's like you have to put your personal life out there in a statement and it's just right. you're trying to do quote-unquote family planning. But also, you've been in the league seven years, dog. You know that there's something there's a list. you have to check on everything. Yep. They don't make it hard for you. <sighs> anyway, so... Yeah, at least you're not them. That's something that every Vikings uh, fan can be happy about. But we were talking about it in terms of when are we going to know what this team, I guess, really is and just the intrigue and and the storylines and how it's going to pan out. And in my opinion, a lot of that centers on Kirk Cousins. Um, He may not be the most intriguing quarterback, but I do think out there among the media, nationally, probably not not locally, um, and fans that there is still a level of intrigue of wondering, okay, who is this guy? Or there's the other side of it. We know who he is. So let's go to the phones right now. David in Minneapolis. Um, what are your expectations or kind of where do you fall in that argument? Are you 
among the group that is still really intrigued and wants to find out more about Kirk Cousins, or do you already know who he is? Um, I can't maybe in the middle, I guess. I'm intrigued with what he could do with a better offensive line, but my expectations for the overall season, this is like the first year in a long time where I'm not really excited about the team. I feel like it's just their redoing last year and trying to do it again. I don't know. I'm just not really that excited about the team in general. I mean, maybe I'm excited about Kirk Cousins since we have Garrett Bradbury and maybe a better offensive line, but overall, I'm just I don't know. So I'll, I'll listen off there. Thanks. Thanks, David. No, I, I understand that feeling entirely. I get it. And this offseason, we went into it wondering Okay, are they really going to go all in and put everything around Kirk Cousins and give him more in terms of weapons than he's ever had before and yada, 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 right? Are they going to sign people? And yes, Golden Tate was one of my guys. Did not know he was using fertility drugs, so sorry when I had that take. Didn't was not aware of that. But, uh, you know, okay, well, are they going to get rid of Griffin? Are they going to get rid of Barr? Are they going to add all these all offensive cap pieces? Space so they can start making big moves. Exactly. Are they going to add some big time? Everyone became a huge Roger Saffold fan all of a sudden, right? Remember right. this? Loves guards, expensive this, ones at that. But but this is the thing, right, is, is they didn't do any of that. And we will find out if that was the right approach or not. But in terms of the intrigue for this team and for Kirk Cousins in general, with having mostly the same group aside from another tight end who's the number two tight end, which we don't even know if Irv Smith can play yet. We won't find out until you know it's actually bullets flying in real regular season whether Irv Smith can play. But it's not even a first-round weapon. It's a first-round center. So in terms of the interest, in terms of like uh, the intrigue that happens in camp to try and ramp up people, get excited about... All the players you basically know and have seen for the last few years is kind of what is what, what what we're dealing with right now. And then when we get to the regular season with Kirk Cousins, the, David's comment is, well, you know, I'm interested to see if they block a little better for him. And you could say with Kubiak and everything else, we have these answers already, though, because... He's already had these situations. He's already had, in Washington, a better offensive line. He's already had the Kubiak system before. He's already had good wide receivers, number one and two wide receivers. The only thing he hasn't had is a Delvin Cook, but Chris Thompson was a great receiving running back that he was able to throw to. And, and he those... hasn't had a great defense except for last year. And, and I'm not just really sure how much that necessarily matters to evaluating Kirk Cousins, right? I mean... Yeah, last year he had the good defense, and they probably should have made the playoffs with a defense that good. And in Washington, it wasn't that good. But does that really help a quarterback all that much? I'm not sure if it does. Well, it's just not a, a really position. Like I don't know. It's not it, that's not exciting. Gary Kubiak for for all of the intrigue and mystery around him. I think that's exciting. It's not exciting for people because you keep trying to figure out what keep Gary does here and how he him. got here, and no one will tell you. I mean, it's just you know. Can I just stop and give you a ton of credit for asking the owner of the team how Gary got here and he wouldn't tell you? No one's going to tell me. I'm just going to have to. I'm going to Denver. Dogged reporting. If I end up like <laughs> gone and missing for a few weeks, it's because I'm in Denver trying to figure trying out what the Gary heck happened. Um, anyway. <laughs> Did they use the dark web? Like, why won't anyone say how Gary Kubiak got here? Whose idea was it? Sorry. Okay. Go, no, on. go back to right. Kirk. You're, you're right. Um, but going back to Kirk and just. I guess where, you know, as our, as our caller David was saying, um, it's boring right now. And that's okay because you're not going to be excited about, sure, offensive line. Everybody wanted to harp on the offensive line last year. It just became a really easy point to pile on. But nobody's going to be super excited in camp. Be like, oh, man, you know, you don't know what you're watching for. Like, what are you really watching for? Timing in the pocket in, in preseason is yeah. not something that I, you know, that's not the top of my list. Um because there were times last year in the preseason, the offensive line looked okay, looked like it was a formidable unit, but even still, like you just don't know. No one's going to be all that excited. I think Alexander Madison, probably of all of the draft picks, just because I do assume he will play quite a bit in the preseason. You mean uh, uh, Mr. Mankato, Mr. Alexander your, Madison? Yeah, your cheap pick for Mr. Mankato. Tell, um, that, tell that to his face. Call him a cheap pick to his face. <laughs> You know, I'm going to refrain from I get that doing sometimes. that. That's one of the funniest things. Like, what did you tell Kirk? You hate him to his face. Like, I, I go to every press conference. Yeah. <laughs> Stand um, right across from each other. But anyway. But like, 
when you when you look at the storyline of did they do enough around him? Did they put enough around him? I think big picture wise, they address the needs that were there. But as we talk about the preseason, let's think about this wide receiver battle because three through five or three through six, that goes back to the preseason. That goes back to the offseason thinking, no, you didn't address that at all. Because look at the bottom of the barrel that you're looking at for those positions. Guys who can't stay healthy. And, and with Chad Beebe, yeah, he's, as Mike Zimmer said the other day, that's his biggest challenge. He's sure right now is the clear cut for the number three, but can he stay healthy? And you have other guys who don't know how to run routes. Like, that's the storyline I think that we should be talking about, that you're really choosing for all these weapons and all to make everything better for Kirk. The coaching's going to be there. The scheme's going to be there. A better offensive line's going to be there. But do you really have enough weapons around him? And did you really address that the way that maybe you should have? Well, you're, you're speaking to the exact point of why he's not, in my mind, one of the more interesting quarterbacks to talk about because it, things aren't really that different than anything we've ever seen with Kirk Cousins before. And I... I do say this, that I think they have a fantastic group of weapons overall, and I think we oh, agree sure, on this absolutely. overall. They but, have one of the best rosters in the NFC, period. Right, yeah, and and ESPN ranked uh, their the group, of, yeah. group, of, uh, yeah, group of weapons fifth or sixth, so like yeah. right up there mm-hmm. in terms of the best. Saints, Saints were below them at seven. Right, so kind of he's got that. a great group around him. And maybe it wouldn't have been a whole lot different if he had a great group around him, but I think what he's always striving for is the 2016 season where he was really, really good in terms of his QBR was high, his rating, he threw for his most yards, he had his highest yards per attempt, all those things were at their best, and his highest PFF grade that actually snuck him into the top 10 was in 2016. So if they had added a few more wide receivers, one or two more wide receiving options, if they had added an intriguing scat back, if they had added a really good offensive lineman to the mix, if they had signed, here here would have been intrigue, if they had signed a left tackle and moved Reef inside, now that would have been something we could start talking about with Cousins being interesting because he's got now a, a good left tackle and a couple more receivers and what how is... Uh, Gary and Kevin gonna do, you know, uh, get the, get the ball to everybody. You know, it's one of those camp cliches. Oh, it's too bad there's one football, right? <laughs> I can't get it to everybody on every play. Am I right? Um, but, yeah, but, but it's not that different. And so that's why if you were guessing like what Kirk Cousins is PFF grade is, how many wins he could possibly get. What is completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, all these things across the board? I bet you can get it. And I bet you would get that his sack number goes down a little bit. His pressures go down a little bit because that's the scheme. And when you ask about the win total, it really will come down to how they play around him and how he performs in just a couple of little situations, right? I mean, last year... A good example is they're playing Chicago. They're in Soldier Field. It's uh, just everybody's beating the hell out of each other in this game. It's 14 to 6. And Kirk's got the ball, and there's eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's like, all right, here it is. Here's a chance for you, buddy. Go drive down. And as you say, or uh, um, as people say on Twitter, like, shush the haters, my friend. Go do it. And he throws a pick six. And I think at that moment, uh, you would go okay. Well, this is kind of what he's done for his career in, in high pressures in, in pressure in situations. High pr- pressure situations, but that against good teams. Th- that's the interesting thing about Kirk. That's the most interesting thing I can come up with is there are going to be a lot of spots when you want to play defensive football and run and everything else where it's a six point game that you can get the ball and go win or not. And whether he does or not, that is really impossible to predict. But the entire narrative around Kirk Cousins will be shaped on those moments, I think. Otherwise, stats-wise, where he ranks PFF, how he's going to throw the ball, how he's going to react to the system, I think we mostly already know those questions. I'm just curious, then, for anybody who has been on the Kirk Cousins train, you know who you are. The people who call us negative say that we're we harp on the wrong things with Kirk. Why are you so excited then for this season? Offensive line, Garrett Bradbury, Irv Smith, the other draft picks. I mean, what is it that makes you intrigued about Kirk Cousins? Because I do know that there are a bunch of people out there, a big sect of this fan base who thinks, okay, he's got it. Like you know, they're excited to see what this level, this quote unquote next level brings. But um 
Are you excited about Kirk himself, or are you excited about everything else that's around him? Are you excited about Gary Kubiak, Kevin Stefanski? Are you excited about the draft picks? Are you excited about Josh Klein? I don't know. What is it? Because there is a very differing viewpoint on this offense, I think, from just based on like how people feel about the quarterback. I've always felt that, that, that if you want to... Like, the, when you get those tweets, and, and I don't worry too much about them because we just do what we do, but... I get the tweets, so why aren't you more optimistic? And I just think about how incredibly boring we would be if we tried to be that way. It's like, well, if you're fans, you're already that way. So you want to know everything you can know and then feel whatever way you want to feel about the information you're given. But I think about how funny the show would be if we tried to do this. If we were like, well, hopefully this Josh Klein, man. Right, Courtney? And you'd be like, yeah, hopefully like Tyler Conklin. And I'd be like, well, hopefully Pat Elfline. And you'd be like, well... Hopefully Anthony Harris. Wait, right? I'm just going to the deep. And then the show is over. Then we let Jonathan talk for a while, I guess. Like, what the, I mean, I, that, it's one of the funniest things. Like, I, I think this is uh, the cousin's topic for us to talk about will not stop being um, important and a great thing for us to discuss. Even if I'm saying it out of the other side of my mouth that he's not one of the most intriguing quarterbacks. But I think that your point was right on when you said how he's viewed overall and sort of the bigger picture will be decided this year. So going into the year, I don't know. But as we get, let's say we're in week eight and there are 500 team in week eight. Then all of a sudden, there is so much pressure over the final eight weeks of the season on him that he does become one of the most interesting quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's kind of like a fluid situation with him. And that's why when it goes back to the overall excitement of training camp, why it's just not there right now, this is a year-long process for this team to figure out, okay, do they have it? Because the Super Bowl window and anything else that they have timeline-wise to win a championship is now. So... If you're losing games, that intrigue goes out the window, and people already start cashing it in, thinking about, okay, what's this franchise do beyond Kirk Cousins' era? What does the franchise do if Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman aren't here? What did they do to, you know, turn that level around, get the same sort of excitement they had going into the 2018 season? Is it a new quarterback? Is it a new mentality, or I guess philosophy of how this team is run? Um, I don't know. I mean, but. You can think about it like we were. I think I mentioned before the break. There's about ten quarterbacks that are more intriguing right now. Mm-hmm. I think the rookies, not maybe all four of them, but naturally, but like, just naturally. Those rookies, Kyler yeah. Murray's got to be in the top three yeah. for sure. Josh yep. Rosen, even though allegedly he's not ahead of Ryan Fitzpatrick um, and not going to be the starter as of right now on July 30th at 2:44 p.m. I still put him as like my number two right really? now because I'm so wow. excited. Okay. I'm so excited about what that dumpster fire could be oh. in Miami. <laughs> Can they turn it around, or is this guy potentially? Or Josh Rosen? Is he going to end up somewhere else in a year from He's, now? You know what's going to happen to him? Josh Rosen is going to be 28 years old, and he'll be on his fourth team. And some starting quarterback will get hurt, and he'll be the backup. And then he'll come in, and then he'll be really good. Because he'll finally, for the first time in his life, get an actual good situation. Because what, what, what's going to happen here is Josh Rosen will be very bad. They'll go 2-14. and 14. They'll draft Tua from uh, Alabama. And then Rosen will get traded again to somebody where he's a backup. And the next time we'll see him is four years from now when he's someone else's backup. So and he it'll starts, just be the worst luck ever. Yeah, I mean, there's there's even, I was reading an article about it last night, just kind of the school of thought that maybe he should sit out this year. Maybe after everything he went through in Arizona that he should use this kind of almost as a redshirt year. I don't know if I believe that, but back to my overall thing. I'm going to name them. So I named those okay. two. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck. I'll put them. That's four. Tom Brady, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, six. Um, Mitch Trubisky, I think, is probably more intriguing than Kirk Cousins just because we want to know, okay, year three, do you have it or do you not? I guess there's a difference between what I think I know and like what hasn't been determined yet. I think I know what Mitch Trubisky is, but you're right. There's always that chance that that totally changes on me. I'll put Dak in there at eight. How about Carson Wentz? Is he interesting to you? He is to me. Yeah, because, he's, because I've never seen a full season from him. Somebody like, else and, came in and won his Super Bowl. Yeah. And, so, and then last year he gets hurt again and, you know. Then number number 10, did I say Tom Brady already? No, Patrick Mahomes. Go ahead. There's 10. Yeah, yeah. I think I, so the way that I would put it, to put a bow on the conversation before we get to the things that we need to see from this team before preseason game number one. I think I would qualify Kirk Cousins as 
I know exactly what I have here, and we know the things that will determine whether he is successful or not or whether the narrative changes or not. And a lot of it is not him finding some magical other skill that he didn't have. He's going to have the same exact skills. He's going to play the same exact way. And then these other things will be the difference maker. We know that. But with Kirk, I would say he could very quickly become one of the most interesting quarterbacks in the league if things swing one way or the other halfway through the season. If things are amazing in Minnesota and he is just lighting it up and he's a Pro Bowl, all-pro looking quarterback, then all of a sudden we're going to have to go, okay, what did we miss here? Like, what happened to turn this on? And if it goes back the other way and Gary Kubiak does not fix the issues that were there and the offensive line doesn't fix them and they're a struggling team or they're below 500, then we're going to say, all right, now what's next at quarterback? Or can this guy salvage it the second half of the year? So that's the way I look at it is, Right now, I feel like I know exactly what we have with Kirk Cousins and has the potential to be an incredibly interesting NFL overall storyline as we get later on in the season. So let's take a quick break. We will come back. We will talk about what we need to see before the first preseason game, and then it is time for Hot Routes, and Zolgad just keeps demanding. He's got a fired GM for the Wild, and he just keeps demanding. He sent me an email. It was it had curse words in it. It's like, give me the Hot Routes. Give like Need, okay, Judd. My God, J- Judd's had a busy day. He's just frothing Judd's at the mouth. Judd's hockey show is routes. going to be. Oh, he's pub- he's published it already, and I can't, Ooh, wait, I can't to, wait to, to listen. listen. To that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come right back. You are listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Time for the Score North download. It is two fifty-two here at Score North. We're talking all Vikings right now because it is Purple Daily. But if you missed the big news of the day, no, the Twins didn't make a trade yet. Trade deadlines, 301 tomorrow. Still time to make that trade. Go get Noah Syndergaard, or any starting pitcher for that matter. The wildfire general manager, Paul Fenton, just 14 months after he took the gig. That is the big news of the day. Wild owner Craig Leopold, in a press release, said after giving much thought to this difficult decision, I informed Paul today that he was not the right fit for the organization going forward. Your thoughts, Wild fans, did they make the right move firing Paul Fenton just 14 months after they hired him. That's your score north download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. Back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin. We'll do hot routes in just a couple of minutes. But what is on your mind, Courtney, as we go into this little portion of time where guys have a chance to get themselves some reps in a preseason game where the battles are existing. I think they just get the pads on. Everybody gets started first couple of days. Okay, Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff are not going to go, oh, we've decided who's won this battle. It's over these next seven days or so that um, people can get ahead going into the first preseason game. So what are we looking for? Well, let's start with defensive line. I know that I wanted to start with receiver because it's just the easiest one to pile on after Mike Zimmer's comments on Sunday. But I think the defensive line's intriguing because Linville Joseph doesn't look anywhere close to returning. We have not seen him doing any sort of contact with upper upper body. Um, Yeah, he's gone through walkthrough, things like that, but we just don't know yet. Um Shamar Stefan, Mike Zimmer said it's basically nothing with his injury, but when do you need to play him right now? I think you'll be okay. If he's but, your starting three technique, you should be fine. If I would you- also say this about Zimmer is that Shamar Stefan's leg could be hanging off of his hip, you know, just flopping around and he'd be like, well, you know, I don't know yet. <laughs> well, when we talked to him yesterday before they broke for their day off uh, on Tuesday, he was talking about the depth in the defensive line and Hercules Mata'afa, who is my Mr. Mankato pick. Um, there's a lot of intrigue out there just about, oh my gosh, he's going to be the rotational guy. He's going to go right in behind Shamar Stefan. Well, it's still early. Mike Zimmer said yep. up and down. Same thing with Armin Watts, up and down. Jalen Holmes, probably if you ask Mike Zimmer about Jalen, up and down. Like You're not going to get any sort of concrete answer of, yeah, this guy looks great. He's ahead of so-and-so. So I'm wondering, how are they going to play that three-technique position on the defensive line? Because it's a revolving door again because of who you signed and who you didn't sign um, or chose not to retain. So there's that. Um, I'm curious about defensive end, though. Like, there's not just a whole ton of depth there behind Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, and then it's like, what, Stephen Weatherly and question mark? Question marks, yeah. So that, Ade Aruna? Yeah. Uh, Afadi Odenabo. Afadi Odenabo, yeah. Um, um, you're right. There, there aren't too many players in that position that you would say, 
oh yeah, well they got this guy and this guy and this guy if there's any injuries and they can have some sort of rotation. It's almost like Mike Zimmer kind of gave up on that idea that after being beaten by the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game, everything was about, well, what can we steal from the Eagles? Oh, they've got this defensive line rotation. So remember yeah. in, in remember week, la- last week year. one, it was used and then never again. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was the big thing last year. Is, oh, we're going to have an eight-guy, nine-guy rotation. No, you don't. Nope, nope. Uh, that did went not away see that. right quick. Um, but to your point, yeah, the defensive line in general has a lot of intrigue. And then, you know, we've talked about the wide receivers and – Maybe someone could possibly emerge. I'm kind of interested in, and this is way down in the depths, but like the kick and punt returning thing. I mean, it, it it's a way that someone can earn a spot, and we have never been able to say that before, at least since you and I have been here, because it's always been Marcus Sherrill's having that punt return spot, and Amir Abdullah would be the leader in the clubhouse, but... Uh, that's Chad Beebe too. That's, yeah, that's, that's one spot where you can have somebody in training camp and preseason just blow up. I, I feel like there's only a few positions where someone can become of true intrigue for fans and and make a name for themselves and stand way out is is kick returning. If somebody kick returns one for a touchdown or punt returns one, and then it's exciting about that person. Otherwise, it's pretty hard. Quarterbacks, another one. Um, we haven't really yes. talked too much about Holton Hill this week, which, you know, yesterday he was with a third team defense and I kind of have been keeping my eye on wondering, okay, where in the reps line is he, where yep. has he been in, you know, individuals, seven on seven, things like that. He's been very far down and don't think that that's done by mistake. If I said so, every time you brought up Holton Hill, they're high on him as a pun. Would that be okay? You know what? This is your show. You can do whatever you want. Real high on him. Um, so what does that, they haven't signed anybody yet. Orlando Skandrick, I went to, I believe went to the Eagles. He was in for a visit See, it's last a weed week. Joke. I got it. Okay. I'm trying to move on from that. I know. Um, I mean, but unless they sign somebody, these backups, I mean, you're just in trouble. I mean, Chris Boyd's on the roster just because it's a numbers game, but we don't have any indication about Mike Hughes. And from my takeaway from Mike Zimmer's press conference on Friday, it's not going to be anytime soon that he comes back to practice, even though he's allegedly ahead of schedule. Multi-ligament tear, we find this out in nearly August. You guys, this was never something that they brought up during the offseason when Mike Hughes had been, we'd asked about the injury at the Combine, I think during the draft. I mean, there was moments that they could have mentioned this, and either they withheld it, or maybe they just found out this stuff I guess just the severity of, they knew it was a multi-ligament injury, but maybe just the severity of how much that would hold him back, timetable-wise. But beyond that, they haven't signed a veteran. They've only had two guys work out, to my knowledge, right now, is between Mo Claiborne and Orlando Skandrick, who's now somewhere else. This position group worries me. And usually in the preseason games when we see dudes in the secondary get a ton of reps. Because you're not going to play Xavier Rhodes. You're not going to play Trey Waynes. You're not going to play Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris this year. Yeah, they're going to get a shot. So you have a lot of opportunities there. And that's a position group. Just DBs overall. Because I have no clue what's going on with the safeties either. There's nobody there. Yeah, I think you're... You could probably play safety. After Anthony Harrison, uh, Harrison Smith. Yeah, we really don't know what the secondary is going to look like. All right, the routes... They're they've, hot. they've been warming. They've been, um, you know, just just getting ready, and now they're ready to come out of the oven, and they will be hot. And we'll get a Zolgad in here when we return here on Purple Daily. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for forty or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.